0: Oh, wow. This uh, just reinforces. Uh, welcome back, everybody. It's 1233 at Edmonton. This reinforces the unique challenges uh, that we currently live in these times. Hey, Bob, nothing like another layup to help pump Jason Kenny's tires. Hey, Bob, that one comes to us from Jason. And this texter says, Bob, full credit to the Premier of Alberta for recognizing the importance of sports at the highest level and the ability to work with multiple teams of people in bringing an NHL event to Edmonton so there's your range so look let's get this out of the way right now um I don't like far, far right politics and I don't like far, far left politics. And the only way we're all going to get ahead here during this challenging time of the pandemic is if we work together instead of being divisive. You know what? If Rachel Notley was heading up the provincial party and went out and supported uh, a bid like this, she'd be getting credit too. That comes with the territory. So it's uh, and part of the reason, frankly, that Canada's had greater success dealing with the pandemic than the U.S. is because it has been less divisive in its approach and uh, turned it more over uh, to people like Dr. Dina Hinshaw. So take that for what it's worth and uh, away we go. Let's bring aboard Mark Spector as he joins us every tuesday but today it's thursday because it's an off ice day for the edmonton oilers uh for horse racing alberta they present live racing each friday and sunday evening to comply with ahs regulations there's no spectators at this time but you can go online to hpibet.com to watch and wager spec how you doing how are you doing bud Ah, not bad not bad so
1: so this is this is canada following the united states right we we tend to follow them in in trends of all social trends that we're always a little bit behind but what they do we end up doing and down there everything's politicized these days right everything yep. is political but the, there's a pandemic raging through their country and the solution to it is is politicized which is to me is insane and now you're talking about you know here's jason kenny's his job is to is to help the alberta economy so He did his job, and he helped this thing come here, nice work, but it's not, you know what, it's like he did his job, that's what he's there for. He's the Premier of Alberta, he's supposed to bring events here, help our economy, get us going. This isn't a a UCP, uh, NDP thing, this is just a Premier who, in this particular issue, has done his job, he got some nice work on our economy, and we got this thing here, and let's move on, Bob.
0: Well, right. and, and I'm with you. But that shows you, like, we had Tim Shipton on. He credited the people. He mentioned Don Iveson, who I would suggest you is certainly not um, a UCP type. He's consider, right. considerably – so, you know, Tim took the time to mention the contribution of the mayor. But the fact of the matter is we know the province was helping to drive this thing from happening or well, drive this thing – and, I hope and, they were, Bob. Yes, I hope they were, too. And I hope that we're not done seeing that. And But my point is, we're going to need everybody to come together here, uh, spec. Like, I really care about the province of Alberta. I love Alberta. I don't apologize for that a, 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 at all. You know what? I like the Edmonton region. I care about all the teams in the Edmonton region as well. I want to see those teams be successful. There's some very unique challenges out there on a multitude of fronts. But you know what? The only way we're going to be successful is if you don't allow the 10% fringe on one side and the 10% of the fringe on the other side to dictate what takes place, and if the 80% in the middle of us all just dig in and work and grind, and then we can succeed. You know what I'm saying? And I think what you're saying in the States is part of the challenge that they got is they're having – uh, basically their society dictated by sort of the far left and far right elements in their respective communities, and that's part of the reason why they're failing right now.
1: Well, but the just overall divisiveness is if we can watch what's going on in the U.S., Bob, and we should be talking hockey here right away, but if we can watch and observe what's happening in the United States today, and w- what I would take from it is, that country has grown more divisive and more divisive and more divisive over the past, since 2016. And to the point where the solution to a pandemic has become a divisive topic. Should we not all work together to solve a pandemic, Bob? Should, should we not all think that, you know, we should work together to save lives? I think we should. So maybe what we can learn in Canada is, is, is watch a mistake and not make it ourselves,
0: right? Yeah, Let's absolutely. And it, Mark, it is part of the discussion because it's part of the reason why we got to where we got to, where the NHL has an opportunity here to pull something off that maybe others can't. And, and I'll be frank with you, I'm still nervous. And part of the reason why I'm nervous, I pretty much trust the Canadian markets to, you know, to, to make sure, uh, their players are for the most part safe and everything. And we've got, I mean, the death rate in, in Canada has substantially declined here over the course of the last, two weeks. I mean, for a while there, Quebec was going through a, it was just, Oh, man, it was just awful to watch, right? Like, they were losing 60 to 100 people a day in Ontario. We're losing, you know, 30 to 60 people a day, and 95% of the deaths in this country are uh, from Quebec and Ontario. And it was so sad to watch, right? Like, if you care about your country, it was sad to watch, but we're we're at a better place. The problem is there's real concern that, you know, unfortunately, you know, some of the players on those American market teams they're in far more compromised situations. And right now, Mark, for me, I'm not concerned once they get to the hub. I think it'll be if they can get to the hub, they'll be okay. I'm concerned they'll get to the hub. What about you?
1: Yeah, I, I think we're, you know, we, I think we can watch the other sports, Bob, and you know, and and gain you know perspective, right? We can learn, but these other guys are kind of going a little bit. They're a couple steps ahead of the NHL, certainly on the calendar, so we watch baseball you know And baseball uh baseball one of their big issues is in fact even playing in toronto it, it looks their whole thing in baseball about trying to play a regular schedule where all the teams crisscross the map to me is insane and i don't think it will work frankly um you know you look at basketball they're going into orlando well they've picked a state that's you know that's leading a state that has more coronavirus than the entire country of canada so I look, at the, I look at the NHL, the A, check the box. They're, they've centered in Canada, that's clearly a smart move. And the, the place where I think we're all sort of what biting our nails a little is, all these American markets right now are in phase three, they're all practicing in, in towns and states where it's going a little crazy. And you know, will the NHL suffer the fate of the, of the uh, Major League Soccer? where all of a sudden there's an outbreak, you know, two days before the Arizona coyotes are supposed to fly up here, there's yeah. a huge outbreak, and, and yeah. the Canadian government will not allow 14 players who've tested positive into our country, and maybe they can't play, and will the same thing happen in another hot spot in America? That, I don't know the answer, Bob, but that's the disaster here. That's the one spot where there is a weakness in this plan that I don't think could be avoided.
0: Uh, this text comes in on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Bob, stop reading the text. People are stupid. You know what? Um, <laughs> I, I will say right now that we have, and, and Mark will be the first to attest to, to this because he's only known me for about 25 years, I can be a bit of a nodal, and uh, we have got some intelligent texters to this show that have at times uh, corrected me on uh on the rare occasion that I might be wrong on a historical fact. As you know, Mark, that's few and far between. I think we've got some really intelligent texters. Uh, I want to switch some, focus. Yeah, some. A, some, yeah, <laughs> some. <laughs> so, especially the ones that say, hey, Specs, what are your best guests that you have? <laughs> Mark, Mark's, what have you, the, the text I liked the best over the last two years was please congratulate Mark on being one of your uh, seven best uh, <laughs> uh, uh, daily rotational guests on the show. <laughs> you do have seven guests, right? <laughs> So That one, maybe. That one, maybe. Chuckle is nice of your wife to send that text in, Spec. All right. So uh, let's talk a bit about it because the listeners haven't had access to the building, and we have. And to me, it was really noticeable um, on Tuesday and Wednesday down at the downtown community arena. Mark, when we watched the orders in the fall, you and me discussed that we thought the team, support wise, was challenged speed wise. And. Uh, you know, maybe Yamamoto was a bit of a surprise to some people that came here, but the additions also of Athanasiu and Ennis, who's a quick player. Yamamoto, Yamamoto, I wouldn't call him a burner, but he's a quick player as well. Quick player. Yeah. The Oilers, to me, watching the team skate the last couple days, they're fast. They got a fast team now, and you know, uh, I remember a Colorado executive saying to me. March of 2017 you guys better like he goes stop we're awful and we're going to completely transform our organization under Joe we, we're old and we're slow and that's a bad combo and we're going to move out a bunch of these guys and we're going to just go with youth and speed and quickness and that's going to be how. We're, and, he, and he looked at me and said I'm concerned for like you guys got some great players but I'm concerned that you might have a bit of that, a challenge like that moving forward and you know what he, he was partially right well guess what I don't know about you Mark But I'm I'm watching the forwards come around the ice on those four, you know, especially on like the top four lines, and maybe including Nygaard, you know, as sort of that 13 forward. There's some options there for Dave Tippett now.
1: Yeah, team speed is, you know, what do they say the the junior game you can play with your hands, right? Because you might be like, say, Robbie Shrimp might be a great example. Best hands in juniors, scored a million points. The NHL game, you got to play it with your feet right it, your hands won't matter if you can't get there so how do we play how do you play defense now well in the old days we hooked and held and and you could make up for being slow by using your stick and and generally holding back the opposing forward no no more you have to beat the forward to the spot that requires foot speed so the foot speed of you know, a kid like broberg he's really stood out at camp here the last couple of days i you know, I love this. When I saw that guy at the Halinka, watched him skate. I, I started to salivate. And there's a guy. You know, I don't know how great a player he'll be. He might be an all-star. I don't know that. But what I do know is, in a game where defensemen have to get to a spot before the forward, he's going to be forced to that spot for the next 15 years. So there's an example. You're right. Athanasu. I'm kind of waiting for him to stand out. I'm waiting for him to do something uh ennis is not a top six player anymore even if you can spark him in there when you have to spot him in there Uh, we saw archibald play on mcdavid's wing i think somebody was injured i can't remember who yeah the point is all those guys can get there all those guys have foot speed you have team quickness now yamamoto in the top six you're right he's not going wide on guys but man he's quick so that is a huge improvement in this organization over the past two years. And it, when your depth guys are fast, when you've got a guy like Zach Cassian, who's as fast a man in the league as there is at his size, uh, you just go through your positions and you've got team speed. And team speed, uh, if you don't have team speed, you don't have a chance. How about that, Bob?
0: Well, yeah. And, you know, all right, we're going to break it into two parts here. Mark Spector joining us for the horses and horse racing, Alberta. Uh, we'll start with Broberg, uh, just because, you know, we we, we both probably, I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, but it, he's a long shot to play. But I, I'm intrigued by your comments because that's the first thing, like, yesterday I was like, wait a sec, is that Broberg? Because he didn't physically look quite the same to me, Mark. And But the other thing is, he, for a guy who wasn't in the NHL or the AHL last season, he didn't look the least bit out of place on the ice. And that to me is a really good thing. So I want to just, uh, further go down that Broberg path with you. Um, uh, so you noticed him, like, it was kind of hard not, like, he's big and he can really, I- I'm here to tell you right now, he was better than two of the defensemen that were on the ice yesterday. Okay, he was better than two, including one guy who's going to play, and then one guy who's probably going to be sitting in the nine hole. But uh, I, I, I like to get your thoughts on that because it was really noticeable to me.
1: Well, I want to say too that that when you're a young European player and you've never been over here, and you know, I think he was at camp, but you know, this is a kid. He turned twenty-five. Uh, he turned nineteen on June twenty-fifth, Bob right so you're a teenager coming over here all of a sudden you're in with, with on the ice with a you know with 26 NHL players pretty much like it's huge intimidation factor like this kid's coming out of Shalefkia and walking into the Edmonton orders of the NHL so you know it it would normally take a few practices a, a week or 10 days yep. For a guy to get some confidence, for a guy to say, hey, you know what, I think I I can play here. I belong here. I can try the same things I tried in Sweden. I can be the player that I am. I don't have to compensate for being too young, for being too small, for being too European. I'm good enough here. Well, we watched him figure that out in two practices, like from the first practice to the second. He just, you can just see it in his step. He said, okay, I can play here. I can do this. And he's only 19. He's going to get bigger. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get way better. Uh, this is a really nice look at defense yeah. you know, yeah. the defenseman, Bob. The only reason, I mean, he was supposed to come over here, creepy if i wrong, Bob. I think he was supposed to be here, have the experience of training camp, and then probably go home. But with Mike Green now pulling out,
0: Maybe he stays
1: uh, he becomes a guy you might keep. Is that fair? Yeah,
0: uh, maybe. I mean, you, you look at uh, somebody sent me this text last night, uh, a friend of mine, and just said, "By the way, Bob, I saw your tweet on Broberg, and you know what? People need to remember with Oscar Klefbaum, two years in Sweden after he was drafted, then the his uh, third year after he was drafted down on the A, and then the fourth year came up to Edmonton, and you know if 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 Broberg can be as good a defenseman as Clefbaum, that's a pretty good defenseman because Oscar's a legitimate top. He's a top three NHL defenseman in the league, by the way, at a great price point. So that that was an interesting point. Like mm-hmm. I got him I, spec, I, like I got him at 2022 20, 20, right? Which you know I think at some point during that season he's up here and playing, but it was hard okay. not to notice. Him. You know, okay. it was. Hard. Go ahead. What if you?
1: Sorry, Bob. What if you do this? What if you say, okay, you know what, kid, we're not going to send you home. We're going to keep you for this playoff run. And (laughs) you might not even play, but you're going to practice with us all the way through. And, you know, if we go three or four rounds and get a bunch of injuries, maybe you play, but probably not. Next year, you go, okay, go back to Schleftia. Take that newfound confidence with you as a 19-year-old. Play your second year of pro there and have a hell of a year, right? Be a far more dominant defenseman. Go back there as a confident player that knows you're an NHL-level player. Go have a whole season there and, and kill it. Now you come to Edmonton the next year and you say, okay, you know what? I, I, I'm ready to play. I'm ready to jump in. You know, the way Ethan Baer jumped in, as a, you know, I mean, he got pressed in, but I'm, I'm ready to jump in on the third pair and be a an NHL defenseman. One more year in Sweden at what we're watching now, Bob, I would suggest to you that he would be ready to play in the NHL.
0: Well, I'm going to throw it back at you a different way. If, if he does stay and the Oilers have an extended run, And maybe they finish, I mean, in a perfect world, they finish playing up in late September early October. I mean, and that's the best-case scenario. But let's just say they go a couple rounds beyond the qualifier round, all right? So let's say they get into the Final Four. Sure. If he's here that long and he can, you know, he's impressing and his work habits are there, like, just his urgency. Like, there were a couple times with Bouchard, you'd watch, you know, in the scrimmage, you're like, He's got to be quicker getting off the ice on a line change. And Broberg, first of all, Broberg skates better. Bouchard has Bouchard can do less, can do more with less, just because of how he can process the game, right? But Broberg has some instinctual things that are things that coaches like. And and I mean, the biggest thing is he can really move. If he has an extended run here, Mark, I wonder if they're they re- and and the fact that Samarukov is playing in Europe this season. He's going to play in the KHL. Berglund has stayed, and is going to, the owners have signed him, but he's going to play in Sweden. I wonder maybe if you reconsider, because there might actually be one more spot open in the A, and you end up having him play in the A for half a year. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. I'm just saying there's no wrong answer oh, at, this, no. at this. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk about another guy who's been flying and, frankly, looks better. Than he did in September. Bob Stoffer, Mark Specter joining you on Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Jed. It's 12.52 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Mark Spector is joining us for the Horses and Horse Racing in Alberta. They present live racing every Friday and Sunday evening to comply with AHS regulations. There's no spectators at this time, but you can go online to hbibet.com to watch and wager. All right, Mark, uh, we're going to talk about something that maybe you didn't think we were going to talk about today. But you know what? We didn't have the full information and the full extent of Connor McDavid's off-season injury. Um but I think it's got to be stated. It's not just the additions of the likes of Athanasiu or Yamamoto, who was hurt during training camp, uh, Nygaard being more comfortable now that he's back, Tyler Innes. There's another guy out there that looks, a bit, frankly, to me, more explosive and a little bit better, and uh, maybe he's at a little bit better place. Connor McDavid, agree or Disagree.
1: Oh he's uh no, he's he's a superior player in the practices we've watched this week, Bob. There's no you know, there's no question. I mean the common theory here is that here's a guy that you know, had a knee injury. This is kinda of like a second season. Let's say it this way. Every single guy I've ever seen who has a serious knee injury, from Temo Solani to you know, you name them, uh, or even the, sometimes a shoulder injury. I remember Jordan Everly? Anyway, guys that have injuries. They have, sometimes they have an okay season when they come back. Sometimes they're not good. Sometimes they're but the second season, they're always far better and much closer to the player that we remember pre-injury. So, Carly McDavid rips his PCL, uh, comes back, does all that rehab. We all watch the video. uh, comes back, has a fabulous season. I mean, he was you know he might win the art ross if he plays every game but he's second in the league in scoring but now he had four months off which is an off season and now he trained and trained and trained i know he was skating right from nearly the start and now he comes back this is the player coming back for his second season after the serious injury so as good as you were last season almost every player i've ever seen come back from the injury is 20-30% better the next season. Well, the next season starts on August 1st, so I would expect Carter McDavid to be even a superior player to the one that we saw in October Ball.
0: Mark, I know Craig Button from TSN, who you and me both like, has stated that he thinks the Oilers, because of the McDavid dry-settle, one-two punch, could be capable of going on a run. Uh, I don't want to put words in Anthony Stewart's mouth from Sportsnet, but I think he might have picked Edmonton to win it. Um... Are we talking, you know, they had great special teams. Uh, they didn't necessarily have a number one goalie, but they had a one and one and one being goal. They have way greater depth up front than they had, which is going to allow them to play a different type of five on five game. Your thoughts? Like, is it out of the realm of possibilities? There's 24 teams in this. Is it out of the realm of possibilities that Edmonton could, you know, have an extended run here? Well, you know, it's funny, those of us, and I include the
1: fans in this, when you watch a team all the time, when you watch a player all the time, you, you kind of find its flaws before you find its its uh, good points. You know what I mean, Bob? Sometimes yeah. you watch a player and you see the things that are wrong with them and they bug you and you forget about the things that are right with them. So if you were to just look down at the Oilers roster from above and you didn't have any history with these guys, you'd go, well, they got the top two scorers in the league, so that's a good thing. Um, their goaltending tandem, you know, answered all the questions this year. I know that we thought, I thought they were the biggest question mark the team had. They were just fine this year. Goaltending did not cost this team. In fact, it helped this team. Uh, they've got, as you say, they, you know, they've got all the things you want, best special teams in the league. They've got two real good skill lines in their top six. I love the Kara uh, Chase on, is it Kara Ch- Chase on Neil line?
0: Yep. That is and common. Neil, by the way, Neil's skating way better right Neil's now than skating he was. Great, yeah. much healthier. So they have a bunch of size
1: and then they have a bunch of four point options and good depth at forward. Now look at their defense, they got eight guys. Yeah. Well, I think Broberg is is Broberg the eighth guy on that defense now?
0: I would say uh, so. Uh I'd say they have nine if you're including Broberg, because okay, Bouchard yeah Bouchard, yeah, Bouchard, yeah, Bouchard would be in the eight hole. Sure. Yeah.
1: Okay. So let's say eight, nine guys. My point is this. They check off a lot of boxes, Bob. This roster, you know, I think we all realize this team's going to get better as Ken Holland gets a chance to build it. But at the present time, they check off a lot of boxes. They really do. They've got guys with some playoff experience. They had their own experience at 17. You know, if if we would just get over the fact that we've watched this team miss the playoffs a lot and we complain about this and we gripe about that, it's not a bad-looking club, Bob. It's not a bad-looking team. And they've got what it takes to win playoff games. They can beat you on the power play every day, and they'll shut down your power play, and they've got
0: game breakers, and they got some goaltending. So uh, I don't mind this team in the playoffs one bit. All right. They couldn't sustain on 16-17. Is the organization better poised to sustain uh, something here over the next few years? I mean, I, I talked to a couple guys around the league yesterday morning, and they said, you know, two of the guys – one of them was in the East, one's in the West, said the two teams to watch in the Western Conference over the next five years are Colorado and Edmonton. I'd like to get your thoughts.
1: Yeah, well, I'd, I certainly agree on Colorado. They're a fabulous club, and I'm I, for sure. I mean, Edmonton's two superstars are, are just hitting their prime. They're just starting to get there now. Uh, we've got a – I see a general manager who is exceptionally adept, knows exactly what he's doing. Got a little cap trouble here that he'll work his way out of. I see – the depth point in this organization if you had to choose a place where you had depth in young players bob it would be on defense yeah right if you had to pick one place where we might have too many new guys uh, young guys coming up that are good you would pick defense all day that's where the others are at you know do you need you know would can you find some depth forwards here that you would like sure every there are no perfect teams so i guess the biggest question for me bob into the future is uh goaltending you know mike smith's 38 i like mike smith today but mike smith is not the goalie of the future here uh they'll need to find another guy that can team up with nico koskinen and give you solid goaltending but there's no reason that ken holland can't find that guy over the next couple of seasons right
0: no i well it's going to be very intriguing to see hey spec uh we'll get back uh, to t- can you do tuesday next week what do you think
1: uh, I think so. It, 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 you know what? Just for our people out there, uh, one of the issues is with these new practices, if we all work yep. off of Zoom calls, all the Zoom calls start at 1230 when i was supposed to do your show. So if I'm going to work for Sportsnet, uh, it makes it hard to work for Chet. But uh, let's talk it over and we'll... We'll maybe uh, get you on at 1
0: o'clock. We'll get you on at 1 night on Tuesday. How's be that? good,
1: or Whenever the orders have an off day is the best day for me.
0: All right, well, uh, there you have it. Hey, Spec. thanks for your time. <laughs> thanks, Bobby. Mark Spector's appearances are brought to you by Horse Racing Alberta. They present live racing Friday and Sunday evenings out at Century Mile to comply with AHS regulations. There's no spectators at this time, but you can go online to hpibet.com to watch and wager. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell when we come back in Oilers Now for Canadian Power Pack, Brian Burke. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon.